0: Thanks to Headspace for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. For a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation, go to headspace.com slash Apple Bits. And thanks to Molecule for supporting the Apple Bits XL as well molecule is reimagining the future of clean air starting with the air purifier for a limited time save up to 120 dollars on molecule air purifiers by going to molecule.com and entering the promo code Applebits at checkout plus you get free shipping and a 30-day at home trial on your order all right everybody let's get to the show <music> Alright everybody, what's up, what's up, it's a big week, oh, it is a big, big week, welcome everybody to the Apple Bits XL, Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple, welcome if you're new to this show, this is, again, like the latest and greatest news around the world of Apple and the tech world, this is where we talk about it all, the good things, the bad things, or we like to call them the good apples and the Bad Apples. Thank you so much for joining us, and for those of you who have been here from the start, from the beginning, or just tuned in today, welcome. Hope you all are having a great day, great night, great evening, great morning, whatever it is where you're listening to this. But we got a special, I guess, two guests this week because we know that the M1 iMac came out this week on Friday, officially released. The M1 iPad Pro also officially came out on Friday, as well as the new Apple TV 4K, With the new remote. So, we're not going to be able to jump into every single thing at one time. We're going to kind of slowly get through this. Plus, there's also like crazy news of leaks on the latest Apple processors for the laptops in the future M1, X, M2s, plus leaks about potential renders of the Apple Watch Series 7. Again, all this happening on a product release a week. And then Apple's in court with Epic. That's fun. So, there's so much going on, but this episode is going to focus on an exclusive interview. No one else got it, and I was lucky to land this, an interview with two members from Apple's iPad Pro team. We're going to talk to them. I, In a previous episode, I asked you all to send in what questions you'd like to ask Apple. Guess what? I actually asked your questions. I'm a man of my word. I delivered on the promise, and uh, Apple does answer them kind of in the best way that they can because some of them were very like direct from you all. But before we get to that, we obviously have a couple orders of business to handle. First of all, I'd love to hear what you thought about this. What's going on with your, if you recently purchased an M1 iMac, M1 iPad Pro or the interview or the Apple TV or the remote, call in, you know how to be a part of this show. It makes it fun. It makes it great. Record a voice memo on your phone, on your laptop, whatever platform you're on. All you gotta do, send it in. We want to hear your name, where you're from, and your comments. We got so much to talk about. M1 iMac, M1 iPad Pro, new Apple TV, Apple TV Remote, this interview coming up. We want to hear it all from y'all. So send it in AppleBitshow at gmail.com. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all of my content, including this podcast. I am so grateful and continue to be because you allow me to keep on doing this. It starts at $2 per month, $5, which is like a cup of coffee if that's what my content is worth to you, $10, $25, the $100 platinum Apple level. All you got to do, sign up. You get early access to content. You get benefits at different levels, and you get a completely ad-free version of this show if you sign up. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. All right, everybody, let's get to this. Here we go. Apple and myself talking about the M1 iPad Pro. All right, everybody, we got some special guests in the house. We are talking iPad Pro. If you know me, you know it's been one of my favorite devices since day one. Like, I'm an iPad pro -er. So joining me in the house, Scott Broderick, worldwide iPad product marketing, and Vincent Gu, member of the esteemed display engineering team. Did I get that right, guys? You did. You did. Thumbs up? Thumbs up, man. (laughs) Okay, great. Now, um, you know, first of all, thank you so much for your time, gentlemen. You know, I'm a fan. I'm an enthusiast of the iPad Pro that's
1: really... Music to our ears, of
0: course. Use it. So, you know, I have obviously like a unique, kind of like it sounds weird, and I say it in my videos, an intimate relationship with the iPad Pro because I love it so much. So, you know, I really appreciate you guys coming here to talk about it. And I guess, Mm. you know, we are here to talk about the new M1-based iPad Pro. So I'd love for you to kind of, you know, maybe lay the groundwork a little bit and we'll just like dive right into it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having us on, by the way. It's a a pleasure to be here. (laughs) And, of course, we get to talk about our favorite topic, iPad. And uh, we are really thrilled about having introduced the new iPad Pro, the 11 and 12.9 inch iPad Pro, which, of course, as you mentioned, feature that breakthrough M1 chip, which is going to take the performance of iPad Pro to another level. It's awesome. Uh, And uh, it really pushes the limits on what you can do with iPad. And that's the role of iPad Pro. It really just breaks new boundaries. And uh, it's amazing where this is allowing it to go. So, you know,
0: the 2018 iPad Pro 2020, the new M1 2021 edition, they may not quote unquote look the same, but obviously like the biggest change visually is gonna be the Liquid XDR display on this 12.9 inch iPad Pro. You know, we've seen many LED displays in TVs and some other consumer products. So I'd love for you guys to kind of expand on this display specifically and maybe what makes it special for the iPad Pro.
1: Great question. It's it's a game changer. Uh, Of course, uh, as we're addressing and uh, responding to our most professional customers, we're seeing how they are embracing HDR content and HDR content's becoming more pervasive. As you say. Uh, you can get HDR television sets, you know, uh, all over the place today, and people are enjoying HDR content. Well, the creation of HDR content's happening on Macs, and even now iPads, and so we're delivering, one of the first things we did was deliver uh, the Pro Display XDR for our Mac professionals, okay. and with that, we brought extreme dynamic range, and we now, with the iPad Pro have allowed for that capability to be put into the iPad. So that not only can more uh, creative professionals see and author HDR content along the entire workflow by virtue of the Pro Display XDR, now they can take the XDR experience anywhere they go in the form of the new iPad Pro, which is really extraordinary, we're really thrilled. And this is kind of a breakthrough technology uh, that meant we had to redesign the entire uh, display ecosystem uh, for the iPad to be able to bring that thousand nits of full screen brightness, 1600 nits of peak brightness and a million to one contrast ratio. It's really extraordinary. And by the way, it's not only for creative professionals, it's for anybody that just loves HDR content like watching movies on your iPad Pro, which many of our customers do.
0: You know, um, Vincent, I know you're with the display team, so obviously you you have a lot of intimate knowledge, um, you know, being part of the team that engineered this. Could you talk about maybe some of the challenges um, maybe hey look you guys are pros maybe there weren't any but I, I've got to imagine there were some challenges along the way uh, we know that it is like 0. 0.5 millimeters thicker so I'd love for you to kind of expand and talk about um just popping in this new mini led based display in the uh or liquid retina xdr display liquid in the retina, ipad pro of
1: course yes yeah
0: don't drill it in my head guys don't drill <laughs> it in my head I already tell I can already tell <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was an amazing effort. Let me just lead in and then, you know, Vincent, uh, I'll just hand it over to Vincent because the effort that went into this was really extraordinary. It's one thing to deliver XDR performance in the form of the Pro's Display XDR, but another entirely to deliver it in a form factor that's just 6.4 millimeters thin and weighs just one and a half pounds. So, I mean, Vincent can kind of talk to you all about the technology that went into to the development of it.
2: Sure. Yeah, pleasure. Uh, I mean, Scott already mentioned that we have a tremendous kind of love from the Pro Display XDR, but we are pushing the technology to another level. Um, but this is a whole new level of engineering. In order to deliver you know, the fantastic front of screen performance, as well as to fit into the ultra thin iPad Pro, we have to re-engineer the entire optical engine of the backlight system. And to start, the LEDs there. I mean, if we take a look at the LED we have today, this is simply too big to fit in behind the display. So we have to start from a new LED. Well, this is the mini LED we are talking about. And this is not just a, you know, mini sounds small, but this is not just a, the, the volume size reduction by 100 times. This is also an optimization of complete light emission profile. And also... With the LED, it's not just the whole story because this is an optical engine. It's the backlighting system. So we also have a stack of the uh, the optical films and we have to re-architecture all of uh, the film stacks. And that means it's not just that we do some changes of the film and that's it. Actually, we replace the majority of the optical films down to the surface structuring kind of a building and also new material engineering. This is truly, uh, you know, an engineering feat. We feel very proud of it. LED optical film stack, this is just like the whole optical engine of the backlighting system. But I think the story doesn't end there because you have the component. How do you, you know, put it into a display, right? And the, the first thing is how you place the mini LED onto a board. I mean... 10,000 mini LEDs, right? (laughs) These tiny LEDs, how you put there. And we're not talking about like a building blocks. This is optics, right? We need to place them precisely so that the light profile for either individual LED and also as a whole backlight or some blocks because we have to control them individually. And this is a tremendous challenge. And when we start the development, when we look at the uh, the technology available, there's none really really is there, right? So we have to start from a new place to custom design and manufacture equipment to take on the task. And down even to the details of the materials used in the uh, the placement process, like tapes, even solders. So, I mean, all combined this, I mean, this, it's not, like you said, it's a challenge, but we feel like this is a great accomplishment in apparel.
0: So Vincent, you're saying that this is not like building Legos and <laughs> popping them in. Is, is it, That's what I'm getting from this.
1: It's like re-architecting the it, Lego. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, guys, obviously we've got a lot of people who um, are part of the Apple community that watch my content. And, you know, the biggest question, and you're going to get this, is were there actual technical challenges preventing this mini LED display to be put into the 11 Pro? And the only reason why I kind of ask, I'm not beating up on this, but it is one of the few times where we've seen a product from the same um, actual line, like a Pro line and have two display technologies. So were there specific challenges in, uh, specifically for the 11 inch versus the 12.9 inch?
1: Maybe I could take on that question, uh, Brian, which is to say that what we know about the 11 inch user is that they just love bringing a super powerful uh, iPad with them in a portable one pound design. So they, they just love the form factor of that. Whereas where the user who is embracing the 12.9 inch display, they were looking for the largest canvas to do their most creative work on, on that product. And that made sense to bring that XDR technology to the 12.9 inch. Uh, display for the iPad Pro. So we're really thrilled to be able to deliver that capability and that product. I think
2: if I may, I can add on
1: one aspect um, because
2: now we have the hardware. It's, we need to make it work to the screen. It's, you know, we need to have something to control them. And, you know, in this brand new mini-LED 2D backlighting system, this is an orchestra between the LED and the LCD pixels. So we have to actually synchronize them in a seamless way to show the great uh, viewer experience for the screen. So that kind of, a, you know, the proprietary algorithm, which is, uh, resides inside the advanced display engine of the M1 is really the, the brain behind to make it work. And this takes a lot of development, a lot of thoughts behind how to make it perfect for the front-of-screen performance.
1: That is really important to understand that while Vincent is on our display team, the, to bring the XDR experience to the iPad Pro meant working cross-functionally from the chip team to the iPad OS team, to the display engineering team, to component engineering team, and to manufacturing engineering teams, uh, all brought to bear to deliver that incredible capability. And importantly, as part of that, it needs to be calibrated. Um, So just being able to calibrate these all coming out of the factory to deliver the performance that we would expect display after display after display. And regardless of whether you're dealing with a HDR color space or a standard color space that the iPad OS is built to calibrate uh, the images across those. So there is a seamless appearance and a seamless capability uh, for our, our users. And this extends across so many workflows. You know, of course, importantly now, we're extending that workflow for HDR content, for videographers uh, that are using let's say LumaFusion, which now supports HDR content. So you can edit in HDR right on your iPad. Uh, Or to be able to view HDR content, no matter where you are in a set, in a professional set uh, with using a frame IO. So these are extending workflows out into new areas that is enabled by this incredible effort by the team.
0: All right everybody, thanks again to Headspace for sponsoring this podcast. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guy that helped you sleep, focus, act and be better? Well, there is, and if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. So you've probably tried meditation before and it didn't work or Maybe you felt like you were doing it wrong. If mental health is part of your self-care plan this year, I think you owe it to yourself to try Headspace. Now, people keep telling you to try meditation and you're like, when? When would I have time? Well, you should check out Headspace. I don't know who needs to hear this, but here you go. You deserve to feel better than you do today and you can with Headspace because they make meditation simpler. Now, Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. Headspace is also one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better if you're overwhelmed. Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Now, if you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you, on your schedule, anytime and anywhere. And I like how simple, clean, and colorful the app is. It's not too busy. You know, I've tried a bunch of different meditations, but my favorite go-to ones are feeling overwhelmed and burned out. And trust me, I need that because... Uh, I've been going hard this week specifically with, oh, you know, M1 iPad Pro review, M1 iMac review, unboxings, interview. I mean, I'm not saying woe is me. I'm just saying you sometimes need this stuff. So it just helps slow me down, calms me down. But then I got to get back back to work. But I think it always helps to center me for a moment. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com AppleBits. That's headspace.com slash AppleBits for a free One month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash AppleBits today. And another big thanks to Molecule for sponsoring the podcast as well. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air starting with the air purifier. Molecule's technology is verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. Breakthrough Pico technology across a range of products provides a solution for the entire home when it comes to air purification. And since we're spending more time indoors, clean air is more important than ever. That's why we've got Molecule to raise awareness around these wide-ranging effects of poor air quality. Molecule has introduced a breakthrough science that's finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. So no matter size of your room you can choose the option that's best for your space, whether that's the Molecule Air Mini for smaller rooms, the Molecule Air for large rooms, or the Molecule Air Pro for your extra large rooms in your home or business. Molecule replaces technology from nearly a century ago. The HEPA filter technology that's been used to clean your air was developed in the 1940s, and there haven't been any major innovations since. Well, Molecule has created a new filtration system That doesn't just collect pollutants on antiquated filters, but destroys them on a molecular level. If you have allergies, asthma, or trouble with pet dander, give Molecule a try for a limited time. Save up to $120 on Molecule air purifiers by going to Molecule.com and entering the promo code APPLEBITS at checkout. Plus, you get free shipping and a 30-day at-home trial on your order. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com with promo code APPLEBITS for up to $120 off Molecule Air Purifiers. All right, guys. So another feature for me as a pro user, you know, I'm the creative user. So this is a product that legitimately targets me in every way from the creative process, even things that I haven't done. But Thunderbolt 4 is obviously on it. Um, The question that some people have is, Are there limited capabilities with this Thunderbolt 4 port, or is we can treat it exactly like we would on a a Mac? Is it mirroring? Is it extension? Uh, What what can we expect from this Thunderbolt port with the iPad Pro?
1: You know, delivering Thunderbolt, in a way, goes hand in hand with offering this XDR display. In order to view and edit content uh, in this format, you need a high-performance port to be able to bring content in and, and to output content as well. And Thunderbolt provides that. It's up to 40 gigabits per second throughput, a full Thunder, USB, Thunderbolt USB 4 bandwidth from that port. So it opens up incredible capabilities and in support of, as you know, uh, external drives, connectivity, external displays and up to 6K, like our own uh, support for six, uh, 6K resolution on our own Pro Display XDR straight from iPad. It's really extraordinary. And yeah, we're really thrilled to be able to deliver that port in concert with all of the other features of the new iPad Pro on both the 11 and the 12.9 inch iPad Pro.
0: Um, Just a quick follow up with that. Are there any Apple specific apps? Like is iMovie gonna be able to take advantage of it?
1: I'm just curious,
0: right? That apps that are currently on the iPad Pro that people can say, As of day, at least as of day one, I know things will probably change after WWDC, but what apps at least currently support some of that, whether it's screen extension or screen mirroring?
1: Of course, yes. Uh, There are many applications already that support external displays, uh, and it's their choice on whether it wants to be mirrored or used as an external display, including iMovie. LumaFusion supports this in that way uh, so that you can be productive on an external monitor as well as having the iPad screen for all of your timelines uh, and your content.
0: You know, also with the iPad Pro, this is the thing about the iPad line, just period. It's really, you know, such a quality product. You have people that have iPad Pro iPads, period, from three, four, five years ago. Um, it's a product that the general consumer can kind of keep for a long time. So I guess my challenge, and a challenge that you guys have all thought of, the iPad line itself is so diverse. So you have all these different iPads at different levels, at different price points. What what do you feel is going to be the thing that you're trying to convince people to say, okay, get the Pro, or kind of what you're alluding to is, is this Pro 12.9 inch model trying to just amp things up for the Creative Pro?
1: The greatest strength for iPad is its tremendous versatility. It really allows you to use a computing device wherever you need to, to use it. It's a new form factor. It's all about the display, too. That's what's so amazing, is that we, you can hear the commitment on the part of Vincent and his entire team of people. And it's not just, by the way, it's not just display engineering. It cuts across almost every group within Apple to kind of deliver this quality of product uh, for our customers. But uh, this is about um, delivering versatility so that you can use it in, in the places that you may not have used computing devices previously. And not only is it serving customers, professional, creative professionals on photo shoots and uh, when they're out shooting videographies or if they're just creating a YouTube, uh, it is a matter of serving customers who are using it for education. So iPad is incredibly versatile in the, in the ways that it's being used today. And we have an incredibly versatile line of iPads from the eighth generation iPad to the iPad Air and to the iPad Pro. And also let's not forget the small but mighty iPad mini, which is our most portable iPad. And we're just incredibly thrilled to be able to deliver our strongest lineup of iPads to date. And of course, now bringing this new iPad Pro with this incredible breakthrough performance with the M1 chip and all the other features.
0: You know you do um you do talk about the m one chip I mean this thing is a beast we've seen the performance in the MacBook Pros the MacBook airs the Mac minis I mean you're really legitimately i it makes me sad but excited because I have a sixteen inch fully specced out MacBook Pro with that you know with the Intel processor in it from just what twenty nineteen of November and this thing toasts it right it eats it up for lunch dinner dessert everything so you know Performance wise, this is a, this is a, this is a big beast. We also know that, um, you know, we've heard when people are buying different kind of iPad pros with the M one processor, if you get, uh, the one terabyte, sorry, if you get the one terabyte storage option or the two terabyte storage option, um, the Ram inside has been bumped up from eight gigs to 16 gigs. So I look at this and I'm like, there's so much power in this machine You can't tell me that we're going to run the same apps that we've had all these years. And I'm not asking you, I know you're not going to talk about actual future product, but it just feels like we're in this space where this power is out. WWDC is coming. People are expecting and hoping for things, but can you give us even like a little baby nugget? This thing has so much power for an iPad at the highest level. It's kind of ridiculous. And I've always said, Oh, they've never been able to unlock the power. Even when it was with the, the a 12 Z processor before, now you have even more power than that, so what, what can we expect, like, to get unlocked with this thing?
1: Oh, it's amazing. Uh, you just saw a small snippet of, of what the developers and the developer community is doing with the power that we've put into this iPad Pro. And frankly, across our entire lineup, because the eighth generation iPad features the 812, which in and of itself is an incredibly powerful device. But this M1 just takes it to a new level, and it's amazing to see what they're doing with it, from the professional Adobe apps who are, you know, Adobe themselves who've defined the creative, um, you know, application space for 30 years, heavily invested in the iPad for the ways that it uniquely allows creative professionals to capture inspiration in the moment. And they've brought applications to the iPad, that they've never brought to any other platform precisely because of the unique attributes like Fresco, which combines ve- uh, raster and vector brushes in a singular app, just because of the incredible capabilities of Apple Pencil. But it goes further than that, of course, um, the amazing versatility that we're seeing in the apps. Uh, the example I'll use, a couple of them, just to show the breadth uh, of the capabilities for iPad and how they're. Developers are using the, the incredible power built into the, to the M1 chip and, and all of the Apple silicon, which is uh, the first example I'll give to you is uh, Procreate. Procreate is a, an incredible illustration app. And now they allow for three-dimensional design that uses the LiDAR scanner and the tremendous AR capability of iPad Pro to project 3D objects right out of the glass into real life. It's extraordinary. And another one I'll mention is this application called Swing Vision, which (laughs) allows the iPad to be placed on one end of a tennis court. And using the ultra-wide and wide cameras can track the ball going over the net and actually call the ball in or out. It'll call the entire game for you. So not only does it help you with your tennis game, but it will be your line judge as well. That's tremendous horsepower. And uh, we'll be we're able to deliver that in the form of this M1. So, just snippet of the inc- incredible capability that's being uh, brought to the iPad community to take advantage of the incredible power we're putting into these devices.
0: So, translation, Brian. Wait till WWDC. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that is that is Can't that a good stay tuned into the future correct <laughs> so so stay tuned is appropriate for that question right <laughs> that's
1: just okay I'll it's ta- always it's always fun to see always what developers tuned. are doing with our with this technology
0: mm-hmm. okay so um we also have some questions you know because i feel like i'm fortunate enough to be a bridge between the audience you know a lot of your really core users. And you, I do have some questions here. You may not be able to answer them all, but these are actually like, I just generally said, if you guys, without them knowing, I was going to talk to you all. If you had to ask the team a question about the iPad pro, what would you ask Apple? That's literally what I threw out there with no, oh, I'm going to do this. So I do have a couple of questions and I know that you guys and gals behind the scenes, you do experiment and test things. You don't have to say if it's coming out, but everyone now knows, right? The M1 is here. Uh, Macs can run iOS and iPadOS apps on there. Now that the M1 is on the iPad, I'm not saying we're gonna get desktop versions of apps on the iPad because you've really shown that you are treating the iPad as as its own thing, like it's a unique beast. But have you guys played with the idea of, you know, even having a bootcamp possibility for Mac OS X on an iPad?
1: You know, that question comes up quite a bit, Brian, and it's uh, natural to wanna ask it, and of course, But we've we've answered it consistently (laughs) over time. Uh, And I think the examples that we're providing are just, you know, speak to the ways that we are committed to how unique and distinct each of the Mac and the iPad really are. And what's incredible is that each are, you know, best in class. Uh, Each have their, are the number one in customer satisfaction for their respective, you know, uh, markets, and uh, we're just thrilled by that. It really speaks to the kind of value that it brings to our, our users and our customers around the world in the ways that they are unique. You know, that, the iPad, of course, is a touch first experience uh, that has, of course, the powerful uh, A series and uh, Apple Silicon now inside of it. And then it delivers cameras front and back and incredible versatility with the accessories like Apple Pencil and the Magic Keyboard. And the Mac is uh, defined by this Mac OS, which is built around trackpad and keyboard support and delivers incredible capabilities that extend, extend well beyond. Um, And each of those products are having an incredibly uh, successful time at the moment serving customers in different ways. What's really uh, uh, important for us, knowing that our customers can choose either, but often choosing both, is that we make sure that they work really well together. And that's, we spend a lot of time thinking about that specifically. So that customers who are thinking about the ways that each can serve their needs in the ways that they do, that they can really operate with continuity features, you know, that are very familiar to everybody on this podcast, I'm sure, um, and uh, w- we'll continue to think about the ways that those things, our two product lines, work together well into the future.
0: Okay, th- this is not a got gotcha you question. This is a question <laughs> about the actual physical uh, <laughs> dimensions of the iPad Pro. We know that it is 0.5 millimeters thicker. Is that? just from the mini-LED display, or is there maybe something more battery capacity happening in there? Just just out of curiosity, I think it's something that people are curious about. I'm actually curious about it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Understood, yeah. It's amazing that uh, we've been able to deliver that XDR capability, which you know, is the same sort of uh, fundamental design of the Pro Display XDR, which Mm -hmm. is that much thicker. Uh, in this incredibly small space. And so, yes, the to be able to deliver that 1,000 nits of brightness and 1,600 nits of peak brightness and a million-to-one contrast ratio, along with all the performance of the M1, uh, it did get slightly thicker. But uh, it's still amazing just that it's still in a 6.4-millimeter design and weighs just one and a half pounds. Phenomenal.
0: So it's co- So, basically, are you saying that the battery has stayed the same, but because of efficiencies with the M1 and... And, and whatnot is the battery actually the same? Do you, do we know that? I'm I'm just I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, we hadn't really spec- specified that particularly. What we are, uh, th- what's incredible is that it continues to offer f- a long ten hour battery life, just as you would expect, mm-hmm. and that's a testament to the incredible integration across teams to be able to deliver that. Um, you know, we we talk about that quite a bit. The benefit of having. Uh, the chip team talked with the OS team to be able to deliver incredible power efficiency. And, and the M1 chip itself is our most power efficient design to date. Uh, and it allows us to deliver increased capabilities, 50% faster performance in CPU and 40% faster in graphics performance. And support our XDR display capability and 5G and still deliver a long battery life. So it's incredible.
0: No, it's great. Um, okay, I have a couple more questions before, and you guys can like just tap your brow. I'm just kidding. I'm messing <laughs> with you. <all. laughs> um, uh, one qu- one question that a uh, developer friend has. This is not asking about Mac OS on an iPad o- on an iPad, but you know, you've really created this beast that can be treated really like your computer for many people. Uh, what are what are plans for developers of potentially offering tools for them to just basically use this? Because there's a lot of people now that are you've gotten this thing to the point where they're seriously considering ditching their laptop, which is kind of amazing from when I remember the very first iPad, I was just using it because I'm like, Oh my God, I love this big screen. I read comics, I read news. I'm kind of one of those people that likes to enjoy. I found it really interesting how I can sit on my couch with my knees up with my iPad. And it's like, it's, it is a first world luxury, right? but it makes, it creates this kind of weird, different connection to your iPad. I lie down with it on the ground like a magazine and like on my stomach, I lean back and read on it. I'm in bed with it. So, well, you know, and not in that way, but, <laughs> but, but the thing is that you guys have done so much to evolve this. So developers are like, hey, w- what about us, right? They're like, you got the consumer, what about us? Are there any plans for that?
1: Well, let me just say, I love the way you described your intimate relationship with iPad. <laughs> <laughs> That's keep just it real. fantastic. Keep and, it real. and we are seeing uh, more and more people really enjoy how the iPad can serve you know, so many of their needs. Um, and uh, we're thrilled by that. I don't have anything to announce specifically in the regard to your question, but we're just incredibly happy to bring additional capabilities, like even the incredible Magic Keyboard with built-in trackpad support, uh, with our, our last iPad Pro launch was extraordinary. Opened up new ways of interacting with it, even though people enjoy the touch-first experience, you know, continue to enjoy the touch-first experience and even enjoy the incredible experience of using Apple Pencil, so.
0: You got us loving the touch experience. People are like, throwing stones at you all saying make a macbook with a touchscreen already everyone wants that not everyone but a lot of people you guys know what i'm talking about okay here's the last question thank you so much for your time this has been awesome um look i think the consumer feature that everyone's gonna freak out about and quite honestly when i saw you guys make the announcement it was arguably yes the m1 and the display are amazing technical feats but the center stage camera is a everyday thing that I've already tested out and used, and I know I'm going to use it all the time. I actually miss it on other products. So um, someone was asking, and I couldn't really tell, you know, one of the com- quote-unquote complaints of the iPad is that, you know, with the camera over here, sometimes when they're holding it or setting and talking to people, they're they're completely offset, and it was kind of distracting. Does center stage right out of the gates kind of try to compensate for that, to center you because, because of how it's working?
1: The, uh... Of course, we've designed the camera system so that it can be used in every orientation, which we find our customers are using quite frequently. Uh, for instance, the face ID capability was designed to work, whether you're in portrait landscape, you know, with the cameras you know, facing down, uh, that all works together. We built it inc- with incredible flexibility and versatility in mind. And now with center stage, same. You can use that camera system Uh, and the wide viewing capability that it delivers uh, in any orientation. And we're really excited about center stage though because uh, it really is a game changer when you're taking a video call. You can be hands free and and walk around. I like personally do my best thinking when I'm pacing back and forth and it allows me (laughs) to do that and still be (laughs) in the frame when I'm on a video call. It also allows me to achieve my stand goal when I'm You know, wearing my watch.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We uh, couldn't allow that today. You're you're plopped down, right? You're you're not moving around. Vincent's like, hey, I'm over here, guys. (laughs) So, um, the the, I guess you know to kind of wrap things up. This is kind of a fun one for both y'all. This has been really cool. I think we've got a little bit of kind of nuggets, and I know that I asked you a lot about like kind of more like what's happening. But I swear, like you guys are just setting setting us up to for WWDC to be like, okay. So, you know, I know some, I know something's cooking, but for you guys, you know, we saw this is related to the Apple ethos. We saw the, the iMacs with different colors, right? Um, we know we've kind of started seeing a pattern from Apple that the colors, the fun colors are for consumers and the pros are kind of getting the blacks, the whites, the space grays, kind of like those classier colors. Just personally, if you would indulge me, what color would you guys like to see an iPad Pro in? And this is not saying Apple is doing this. I'm making it clear but personally, what color would you like your iPad Pro to be?
1: Personally, I love the space gray. <laughs> <laughs> Bro! Vince, Vincent, you're going to have Of course, you led me straight down the path. I'm going to say that.
0: Vincent, you're going to have to bail me out here. Bail <laughs> me out here. What color
2: would you like your iPad Pro in? I, 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 would, I know what you're thinking. Um, my personal favorite is like, uh, Scott, it's
1: going to be space gray. You guys, it, no, he was supposed to say silver. It. He was supposed to say silver. That's what we agreed on silver and space gray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. You guys are so difficult. That's really funny though. I, I think everyone's going to get a kick out. Of it. Okay, fine. Space gray and silver. I, I like the space gray iPad pro too, quite honestly. I was just, I was just seeing if I was just seeing maybe there was a color that you guys all had. So, um, you know, I just want to say thank you again so much for your time. Um, iPad pro coming out May 21st, uh, really exciting stuff. And, you know, I just want to thank you again, Scott and Vincent for your time. And, uh, hopefully you'll have me back for another time. We'll find out.
1: It was a pleasure, Brian. <laughs> thanks so much. All right. Yeah, thanks, thank guys. you, Brian.
0: All right. So there you go. The interview with Apple, uh, maybe they answered some of your questions. Maybe they didn't. Hey, I, I tried. I mean, I still, again, I press them a little bit. Um, when I listen back, I think there's some cool nuggets in here. Vincent talking specifically about how they approach uh, the mini LED display and getting into a little more of those details. I thought that was interesting. I do, when I listen back, wish that maybe I pressed or just pushed a little harder for Apple to clarify when I asked them why the uh, mini LED display was not in the 11 inch. Now, if you read between the lines and kind of hear what they say, and this is what they normally do and maybe that's why cuz i'm so used to it they they basically at least told us that based on their market research and based on their data that they made the conscious decision to only put that mini led display in the 12.9 inch uh, ipad pro and that could totally be true but we're always going to have the naysayers who said oh that's total bs that they, they they were they were they should have done it for both again I'm going to take their word for it, but also we know that there were reports of supply constraint issues for the mini LED components and parts because, and also let's not forget COVID was still happening as this thing was being developed. So by no means am I necessarily making excuses. I should have just maybe pressed a little clarification to to ask. So was this clearly a strategic decision or was it because of specific obstacles? Now, Apple's going to talk about their newest features in their newest products. They're not here to talk about what went wrong or what didn't happen, but I would just be more curious and maybe I should have clarified it if it was really a pure strategic decision to only put the more expensive mini LED display in the 12.9 inch. And and the reasoning saying, you know, it's targeting a different type of customer, I actually do agree with that. I think there is a segment of people who just get the 12.9 inch iPad Pro because it has the biggest display. I mean, quite honestly, that's why I got initially appealed to me so much because I love consuming content. But if you are more of a pro end user using that larger screen and want to take advantage of the benefits of the mini LED display, then I get it. But then if I flip the coin, I could also see, well, hey, the iPad Air 4th generation is kind of like the everyday person's iPad in, in that size. Well, the eleven inch iPad Pro should have got the mini LED display as well. So you can take you can choose what side of that coin you wanna, you know, put your flag down and be angry or be happy with it. But uh, you know, they told us what they told us. They and so I'm gonna take that as a response. But when I read through the lines and listened to it, I remember in the moment saying, Oh, it's it was really more of a strategic decision. But for clarification for the audience, I probably could have done a little better to kind of emphasize that. So Uh, that's something to work on, but this is all kind of happening in real time. I thought overall, uh, I did try and get some things out and ultimately I did ask them questions that the community specifically from our Patreon audience. When we have our monthly zoom calls, we get to do things like this and interact directly with me where I asked them, what do you want me to ask? Um, one gentleman asked about, wanted me to ask Apple about, what about plugins for Logic? And because they were shooting down so many of my questions, look, they weren't going to tell me if Logic was going to be on it. And they weren't going to even go as far as saying, oh, plugins will or will not be supported. So we're going to have to wait for that moment, at least, for them to get Logic on there. But I thought that still, um, you know, I was hoping they might at least give me a nugget of we have at least looked at Bootcamp on the iPad Pro. They didn't have to say if they're doing it or not. But I do like, in the future, I think I'll, I'll, I hopefully will try and ask to be like, could you give us maybe at least one, one nugget? It doesn't have to be a spoiler, just, just something to chew on a little bit and, you know, kind of feed the wolves. We are wolves drooling at our mouth for any morsel of information. But I, I also did think there were some good insights in there as well. Um, and also could they really not tell me their favorite color iPad pro? I mean, come on, come on, guys. Come on, Apple. Let's, let's let them loose a little bit. But, you know, I do appreciate big thanks to Apple for making Scott and Vincent available. This was an exclusive interview. No one else got it. And I do appreciate that opportunity. And I, 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 I did my best for you all listening. I really did. So hopefully uh, they'll come back to us. And, you know, I, I've proved myself to be a worthy but fair interviewer. And um, it was fun. So there you go. All right, everybody, Um, just to let you know, we will continue to keep on posting stuff. I've got an M1 iMac review interview coming up with a fellow YouTuber. Um, And I'm not gonna say who he or she might be, but it's always kind of fun to pick people's brains and see what everyone thinks about, everyone thinks differently about this stuff. I'd also love to hear again, your thoughts if you have purchased and you now have in your possession the M1 IMac the M1 iPad pro the new Apple TV 4k uh, the new Apple remote call in all you got to do is call in with a voice memo recording send it into Apple bits show. At gmail.com. And of course, we can never forget to say thanks to our Patreon supporters at the platinum Apple level. We're talking about $100 per month. My goodness. Thank you so much to Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. And if you're not a platinum Apple, you know what? Thank you so much for all of your incredible, amazing support. You really. To me, when I think of being able to get an exclusive Apple interview that no one else got to have, that's because of you all. You allow me to do this. You support my content, and you help, you know, get those views up and help build that audience um, to continue to follow this. Like, I don't know. I just feel like invested in what you guys want because you have helped me do this and that's why whenever i have these interviews i'm gonna come to you and ask you what questions you might have and i will do my best to not only ask my questions but ask yours as well i think that's like the least i can do to kind of create this relationship between uh both of us so thank you thank you so much all right that's gonna do it everybody take care patreon.com is how you support all this content but until then until next time, same bat time, same bat channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Peace.